1: boys and girls of the ethos lakers podcast family how's it going how are you doing i'm your host for the solo edition of the ethos lakers podcast jc de Leon. and yeah if you hear that music in the background that means unfortunately it is time for another podcast backed by some sad sad music i don't know what the lowest point Of this Lakers season is going to be. But it feels like. We haven't even come close to hitting it. Which is. Bad. Bad news. (laughs) The Lakers. If you missed it on Christmas. And we didn't do a Christmas preview show. You know. Ethan's been busy. I've been busy. Plus. There's just not a whole lot to report on. With the Lakers as far as what to expect, what to preview. But, and Ethan called the Christmas Day loss, so if you missed it, the Lakers lost to the Brooklyn Nets on Christmas Day. Early on Christmas morning, Kevin Durant was put into health and safety protocols. And so it seemed like the Lakers might have a shot at coming away with the Christmas Day victory to christen the newly named Crypto.com arena formerly known as the Staples Center. And it was not a good game. Uh, The Lakers played listless as usual. Defense was questionable. At the last minute, Lakers signed Darren Collison and Stanley Johnson to 10-day contracts with the hardship exceptions. Avery Bradley and Malik Monk cleared protocols and were available for the game we didn't see any of Avery Bradley. He wasn't even listed as a DNP coach's decision. He's just not listed on the roster and the box score. We did see 35 minutes of Malik Monk and he scored 20 points, had a great had a late basket to tie the game in the in the final minute. And that was a great thing to see, to see him come back. He was sorely needed. The Lakers yeah, we're getting blown out most of the game. LeBron played a really great game, 39 points, shot 14 for 25, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, a block, only 3 turnovers. Russell Westbrook did not have a great shooting night, shot 4 for 20, 0 for 3 from 3-pointers, was, was great on the boards, you know, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, triple-double for Russell Westbrook as usual, but a pretty low value triple double. He was minus 23 for the game. LeBron was the only starter who was in who had a positive plus minus. Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, and newly signed Stanley Johnson were the other plus minuses, but so the Lakers fought back and made it a tie game in the final minute of the fourth quarter before ultimately losing by 7 due to, you know, free throws and whatnot, but they were blown out of the water by the Nets. And Ethan called it the worst loss of the season, and I don't blame him because I can understand why he said it. And it was one of the it was one of those things where I saw on Twitter some people were like, Well it was a great comeback. They were down twenty three to start the fourth and they came back and tied it in the final minute and while that sounds impressive it is it's the second game this season where the Lakers have had a similar type comeback just to kind of fall short like that again. And what it tells me is that this is a team fully capable of playing like that for an entire game. They just don't do it. And the Lakers find themselves in an interesting position now because before you know this current outbreak of the omicron virus hit the league and you had dozens of players entering health and safety protocols before that happened right after the last second win versus the mavericks in which austin reeves hit the game winner a lot of the talk was around frank vogel whether or not he would survive this season And the Lakers have now played five games without Frank Vogel because he went into health and safety protocols. And David Fisdale, who had great success as a Knicks coach. A lot of people regard him as a player's coach. Players seem to really love this guy. I know LeBron loves him. Five games with David Fisdale as coach and couldn't muster a victory. So is Frank Vogel the problem or not? Because you certainly can't blame the last five games on Frank Vogel. Now with an injured Anthony Davis, you've got people potentially looking at whether or not Anthony Davis can be moved. Because LeBron has been playing great, as usual, as he always has been. Despite the fact that Russell had a bad game tonight, he'd been playing better. He's actually shooting fifty percent from the f- from the field overall for the last fifteen games. Tonight being an outlier, although, man, when Russell Westbrook misses layups, like you should be surprised when an NBA player misses a layup. I am never surprised when Russell Westbrook misses a layup. Never. He makes a layup, and a lot of times I'm either unmoved or I'm just surprised that he actually made it. But that's neither here nor there. So the Lakers lost on Christmas. The sky is falling. Is it the lowest point of the season so far? Probably. Can things get worse? Absolutely. Can they get better? Sure. Will they? Remains to be seen. With the current COVID outbreak that's hitting the league, it's affecting a lot of different teams. Yeah, It's affecting a lot of teams differently. Some are either not affected by it very much at all. Some are winning despite it. You know, Brooklyn's done fairly well with having a lot of players on, in COVID protocols. Some teams got, you know, close to a week's rest, and that's going to benefit some people. You know, Malik Monk played, looked great when he was out there on Christmas, after almost a week off. And this is where we can talk about some news with the Lakers. It doesn't have to all be doom and gloom as far as what we've seen on the court. So, you know, a lot of people know that Isaiah Thomas was signed to a 10-day contract with the hardship exemption exemption after his stellar G League debut in which he dropped 42 points and in his first game as a Laker again. Led the team versus Minnesota with 19 points off the bench and was a real spark plug and played really well. Since then, did not play well. And, you know, what he's capable of doing offensively, I I was welcoming, I was open to. He's a great shooter. He can run an offense. That's really all you need out of a point guard for the second unit for this team. But he's always going to be more of a, a shooter and a scorer first. And... After that first game, he just wasn't shooting very well. And if you're not going to shoot very well, well, what else can you bring? Can you play defense? And the dude cannot play defense. I don't know if it's because of his time away from the league, or now, all, you know, before his injuries, and he was dominating fourth quarters. Even even when he was a liability on defense, then you could kind of hide him and scheme around his defensive inefficiencies but they stood out like a sore thumb and the Lakers just need more potent defensive bodies out there and with that the news came out today that once Isaiah Thomas' 10 day contract expires it's unlikely that the Lakers will renew it and will make him a free agent and he's drawing interest from other teams and that's good he should be in the league somewhere he just doesn't fit with what the Lakers are trying to do right now they've got a lot of problems and Isaiah Thomas is not going to be the solver of any of those problems but enter Stanley Johnson lottery pick from Detroit just bounced around the league a little bit but he's an effort guy big body, he can defend played really great defense on James Harden once he was into the game he seems like he should be signed for the rest of the season. You know, maybe you get rid of Kent Bazemore. If at this point you need bodies who can play, Bazemore is not a body who can play. He He's not performing defensively the way I thought he might after the preseason. And because of that, yeah, it just might not be time for Bazemore to stick around, especially if you can replace him with a guy who's going to give you great effort who played great defense and is just just hungry, which is what Stanley Johnson proved on Christmas. Plus, you know, he talked about the Lakers were the team that made him fall in love with basketball. And once you get a guy here who wants to be here and is going to put forth an effort, yeah, sign him. His Christmas Day box score, he played 27 minutes, scored seven points, so nothing... Super impressive on paper that you can read from a box score. But he just played great defense on James Harden, like I said. Really great effort. Darren Collison played 12 minutes. Did not impress. Yeah, two rebounds, one assist. Missed all three of his field goal attempts. Didn't score a point. Only Laker who didn't score a point. Every Laker who played... Played more than 10 minutes with the exception of Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard started, played 6 minutes, grabbed 3 rebounds, scored 2 points, and then we never saw him again. Which is a shame, considering how the game ended. The game ended basically with an alley-oop from James Harden to Nicholas Claxton over LeBron James. LeBron James was playing the center role in that final minute. And I know he's capable of playing that. It's fine when the other team is playing small, too. But Nicholas Claxton is a very tall guy, and that just wasn't wasn't the place you wanted LeBron to be in that final minute. You know, had, had, with a healthy Anthony Davis, he would have been there. He could have maybe blocked that dunk. If Dwight Howard was in there, not that you trust him in the final minute, but if he was in there, he could have blocked that dunk. Which does kinda lead us to What can the Lakers do? If you're gonna do anything in the trade market, it's gotta be big and it's gotta be bold. We know that Miles Turner is out there and it's available. And maybe one thing that a lot of people overlooked in the last couple of years with the way the game has evolved. So Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors changed the game. And for a little while, it seemed like they eliminated the need for centers in the league. You know, the, the prototypical seven foot center, the old way of playing, banging, you know, banging into the post, let him dribble a few times, turn around two points to do it over again that style is gone and for a little while those prototypical centers were devalued but then like the game evolved itself the center position evolved almost overnight all of a sudden now you've got guys like Joel Embiid Nikola Vucevic Carl Anthony Towns, Miles Turner, Nikola Jokic. You've got centers all over the league now who are skilled, who could shoot, who can now partake in this positionless basketball because they can move around. And they-
2: you know how to book flights and hotels?
1: Another type, another player like that, seven foot three, moves like a guard, can shoot like a guard. You've got seven footers now who are able to shoot from the outside, and it's almost become a necessity. There's still a few of the old type centers laying around like a Boban, but there aren't many of them. And this is, I think, the. The problem we find ourselves with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is now trying to become more of an outside shooter. And it's just not happening. By volume, he's a terrible outside shooter. And for whatever reason, he refuses to play center or doesn't enjoy playing center. And I don't know why. Because the, the, the position has changed. And... If he could just get that jump shot down, he'd be a perfect center for today's game. Then it might open up some of the space for the Lakers if he can, if he was willing to play center, but he's just not. So what did the Lakers do? Miles Turner is out there. He's available. He shoots threes. He blocks shots. He can do almost everything Anthony Davis can do, except he plays he's a seemingly better rim protector and he's an actual threat from the outside and I think if anything what LeBron has proved over the last few games and it worked during the championship year just not even two years ago when LeBron led the league in assists let him be your point guard let him be that guy that led the league in assists. Let him make the plays for everyone. Let him be involved in pick and rolls, either as the picker or the ball handler. And if LeBron is going to get back to being that type of player, and Anthony Davis is going to stand in the lane and not move. It 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 might, unfortunately, be time to get rid of Anthony Davis. As much as that does kind of pain me to see because he's such a young player and he's still got tons and tons of upside, the fragility is there. His inability to become a good shooter is there. You don't know whether or not he has the capacity to truly lead a team yet so far it seems like any time he's tried to lead there's been resistance to it he got into a fight with Dwight Howard on the sideline like what is that about now you can look at the rumor mill with a grain of salt as I'm sure most people do a lot of the rumors that come out are, are it's smoke none of it's anywhere close to being true but look at the names that the Lakers have been linked to Ben Simmons Jeremy Grant Miles Turner. You won't get either of those names without giving up something big, whether it be an Anthony Davis or a Russell Westbrook. So we can explore some of those possibilities now. Like Ben Simmons is an interesting one because if you're going to trade for Ben Simmons, you're not going to do Anthony Davis for Ben Simmons because Philadelphia is not going to want to play with Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis together it just doesn't make sense the only thing that makes sense for Ben Simmons is to trade Russell Westbrook now on paper Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons makes sense you won't have to worry about Russell Westbrook shooting inefficiently with Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons won't shoot at all With Ben Simmons, LeBron can definitely play off the ball more because Ben Simmons is an actually talented passer. And he's a stellar defender. And maybe that is what will get the most out of LeBron James. And that's all how it looks on paper. Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid have a history. Not a good one. You would... Add to the disappointment of being traded away from the team you've always wanted to play for in the Lakers with Russell Westbrook. And you're trading him to Philadelphia. A team with the player that he definitely doesn't get along with, that he's gotten into fights with before. It's a recipe for disaster on Philadelphia's end. I I don't know why Philly would go for it. One reason why it wouldn't work. Jeremy Grant. Now Jeremy Grant could be an Anthony Davis or a Russell Westbrook or maybe if you find Detroit desperate enough although at this point given the pressure of expectations the Lakers are more desperate than Detroit would ever be. Maybe Jeremy Grant can maybe THT and a couple other pieces can get you a Jeremy Grant while still retaining Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook maybe and if that's the case go for it but I don't think that's the case the Lakers don't have any leverage in any situation they'll find themselves in when it comes to the trading deadline and so you definitely won't find a situation where the Lakers are are either fleecing somebody or making some kind of 900 IQ move it's going to be a desperate move and the Lakers are going to give up a lot. You can count on that. Miles Turner we've talked about. Miles Turner for Anthony Davis would be a fair swap. I'm sure he wouldn't be happy in Indiana, and I'm sure as soon as that contract runs out, he is on his way to Chicago. But, maybe... Maybe it could be worth it for Indiana to hold on to Anthony Davis for a little while. Maybe he'll just find that he could be happy in a situation like Indiana. Like DeMar DeRozan is sublimely happy in Chicago. When we all thought he wanted to be a Laker, should have been a Laker. A lot of possibilities when you look at what could happen in the trading market, but... it I mean, it's just hard to talk about this team. Because... Every day, it's a different version of the same story. This team needs to play with effort. All of them, not just LeBron. This team needs to play smart. Russell Westbrook needs to stop turning the ball over. He needs to make better shooting selection decisions. These are all things that are controllable. These are all things that are easily changeable. They just won't do it. And I can understand the possibility that maybe maybe Frank Vogel couldn't get them to do it, but David Fisdale couldn't either. Should Phil Handy have been the coach during Frank Vogel's absence? I don't think it's Frank Vogel's fault. I don't think it's LeBron's fault. I don't even really think it's COVID's fault. Something is making this team not add up and it should be Rob Palenka's job to fix that and maybe he's the problem maybe but with that said let's say let's go ahead and take a quick look at I rambled on about a lot of things, (laughs) and this was not a very positive podcast, as things with the Lakers are not very positive at the moment, but all we can do is take it day by day, and hopefully things will, and hey, you know, before this COVID outbreak, it seemed like the Lakers were starting to get things rolling, and then, you know, the protocols happen, and Anthony Davis is out for a month and maybe 4 weeks from now everything will be okay or hey maybe things will get worse you never know But looking at the playoff standings right now so the Lakers are 16 and 18 and they currently sit 7th in the West just ahead of Dallas at 15 and 17 Minnesota is also 15 and 17 and Yeah I mean I know the 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 play in tournament kind of includes up to 10 teams, but I think it's a nine team race overall. San Antonio is in that 10th spot. So is Portland. And you got to imagine San Antonio and Portland not being in the playoffs. It's, you know, those are teams that have been perennially been in the playoffs for a long time. And to think of them being on the outside looking in, looking in. It's hard to imagine, but that's where they are. And after that, you've got Sacramento, New Orleans. New Orleans has actually picked it up. OKC and Houston's rounding up the bottom. Brooklyn's number one over in the East. Chicago, with all the guys that should have been Lakers, at number two in the East. Milwaukee's picked it back up, and so is Miami. Miami's back in that top four at 20-13. and 13. Cleveland at five. Cleveland. Man, what a great story they are. Even without Colin Sexton, still managing to play extremely well. Washington with a bunch of former Lakers, too. Sixth seed in the East. Philadelphia at seven. That's the reason why you might find them in a desperate position. Charlotte at 17 and 17 in the A spot. Boston, Toronto, rounding at the bottom of the playoff seed. Then you've got Atlanta, the Knicks. I predicted a downfall for the Knicks. I didn't quite predict a downfall this bad. Uh, The Knicks, another interesting situation. Kemba Walker fell out of their rotation for a while and all of a sudden had to be put back in because of the COVID protocols, and he's actually been playing extremely well. And Kemba is somebody who, you know, Russell for Kemba, if Russell Westbrook's going to be happy anywhere, Maybe it'd be a situation like New like New York. And if so, honestly I wouldn't mind a Kemba for Russell Switch. Kemba might not be a great player defensively. Neither is Russell Westbrook. But I think it's easier to scheme with a player like Kemba. And I think I think LeBron is the type of player that can definitely get the most out of Kemba. Indiana at 14 and 19, they're willing, willing to blow things up. Orlando. 7-26 and 26 towards the bottom, I'd like to get my hands on Mo Bamba. If the, if the Lakers are looking for some center help, certainly wouldn't mind Mo Bamba. And Detroit, at the very bottom, worst team in the league. And you can see why they'd be willing to part with Jeremy Grant if that's the case, because he is not helping that team. And, you know, that is going to do it for this edition of the Ethos Lakers podcast. Hey, but before we go, I wanted to take a quick minute to remind you all to use the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So, HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com and code HOOPBALL at mybookie.ag. And... Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JC Delion. One, you can follow the show on Twitter at Ethos Lakers. Follow all of the Ethos accounts, whether they be Ethos Fantasy BK or, you know, all the Ethos sites. We've got you covered. Betting, fantasy, daily fantasy. We've got a lot of individual team pages. There's a cool front office show that we're doing now. So follow Everything Ethos at SportsEthos.com. And with that, we are out.